So already from one two-week campaign, I'm going to, if not hit my goal, I'm going to be, you know, at least halfway towards it. Um, and in fact, you know, the only reason I've, I've pulled back on, on the campaign a little bit now is because we ran out of the free uniforms, got close to it. So I've got more on order when they had, we'll be back into it. So um, that goal, which I thought was, you know, these people are audacious and try and double, um, I have a suspicion we're going to hit that fairly quickly. Ladies and gentlemen. Hi, everybody. Good evening. Are you ready? Keep this frequency clear. I know you're going to dig this. I am. Okay, here we go. Check, check it out. You're listening to the Martial Arts Media Podcast, where you, the martial arts school owner, gets insider tips and secrets from leading experts to help you build a more profitable martial arts business. Now, here's your host, the founder of martialartsmedia.com, George Faree. Hi, this is George Free, and welcome to another Martial Arts Media Business Podcast. Uh, today I'm with Mike Fuchs, and we're going to do a bit of a combination here. Um, Mike got, I got to know Mike through one of the online communities that I'm part of, and uh, we, we built a new website for him, uh, which you can check out at groundcontrol.net.nz. Uh, Mike's based in Auckland, and we got started with... Uh, helping him with the Martial Arts Media Academy program where we help martial arts school owners with lead generation and so forth. And besides that, Mike's got a very interesting story with things that he does in the corporate world and how that overlaps with the martial arts school. So this is going to be a, a fun conversation. So welcome to the podcast, Mike. Thanks, George. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. So based in Auckland, I'm probably going to come and visit you September this year. So, let's, I guess just to start things off, uh, who is Mike Fuchs? <laughs> okay, uh, so uh, I, I spend my time doing a number of different things. So, obviously, I'm a martial arts school owner. We run a, an academy called Ground Control where we focus on Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and mixed martial arts. That's been going for about 11 years now under that name. Uh, I've been training for a little bit longer than that uh, before we named the school. Uh, but that's not my full-time gig. So during the day, I spend most of my time uh, doing corporate training, so working with uh, sales teams and leaders and various people, primarily on uh, face-to-face persuasive communication, whether that's sales or influence or negotiation, or even internal communication and conflict management, those sorts of things, um, and also a lot on mindset and resilience. I'm trained uh, at university in psychology, and then went on and got qualified in neurolinguistics or NLP um, over a number of years. Uh, and then based on that, my partner and I have a private practice where we do individual work with people one-on-one, sort of coaching, counseling, therapeutic type stuff. Uh, I always say whether it's therapy or coaching just depends how messed up they are when they walk in the door, but hopefully it's all the same by the time they walk out. Uh, and so that's another thing I spend my time doing. So sometimes people say to me, well, Michael, that's a lot you've got going on. But to me, it's actually really simple. When people ask me, what do you do? I'm a coach. You know, my job is to bring out potential in others, and I just do that in various formats. Sometimes I do that in the boardroom, in the training room. Sometimes I do that in my coaching room. And, of course, sometimes I do that on the martial arts mat. That's that's an interesting philosophy. So, yeah, it, it sounds like many, you know, many things happening. But as you mentioned, you you. you kind of trying to achieve the same result with people that you work with just through a different medium. 
Yeah, that's right. And there's uh, there's often a little bit of leakage between the two things. I often get frustrated when I'm teaching corporates, for example, because I'm going, look, there's so many great examples of what I'm talking about if you just knew jujitsu. Um, and certainly on the jujitsu mat, you know, there's concepts that I will uh, teach corporates about communication or how to problem solve, which make it into, you know, our coaching sessions of ground control. So there, there is a little bit of leakage involved. So have you have you ever then cross-promoted if you, if you feel... Do, do, yeah, do you cross promote between the corporate training that you do and jujitsu? Uh, I have to be a little careful on that because uh, the sponsors that get me involved to you know upskill the sales team would probably take a dim view if they felt I was using that as a platform to cross promote jujitsu. Having said that, um, inevitably I tell a couple of jujitsu stories or metaphors. And it's not unusual for somebody to tap me on the shoulder afterwards and say, hey, have you got uh, more information on that? I'll be keen to have a look. So, so that certainly happens. All right. All right. Interesting. So now how did you get started in jiu-jitsu, first and foremost? Uh, well, you know, if we go all the way back, as a kid, I did the standard dabbling in martial arts. I think a couple of lessons of judo when I was about six and two lessons of karate when I was 13. Uh, but I, I got started uh, seriously, my martial arts career um, in, a, in another style, Aikido, which I started in 1993. I'd always been interested in martial arts, watched all the movies, um, but got intrigued by this idea of a Aikido based on a conversation I had with a friend of my brother's who was into judo and karate and showed me a basic kind of immobilization, immobilization, arm lock, and then talked about how Aikido guys, that's what they do to anything like that, just immobilize you. I'm like, wow, that sounds cool. So I, I did some research and got involved in Aikido. Um, now, of course, 1993 was an interesting year to start the martial arts because it was the same year of the first UFC. So uh, I started in April, and towards the end of that year, the first UFC came out. And, of course, that just rocked the entire martial arts community, as most of your, your listeners will be aware. Um, at the time, I was at university, and I was working in a video games parlor to earn some cash part-time. So I would sit on the desk uh, and just load myself up with, you know, five different martial arts magazines every shift and just devour as much information as I could. And so I was kind of got a front row seat. We didn't have, you know, access to any of the footage or anything like that in New Zealand. Uh, but I started to read all the stuff coming out about the UFC and what does it mean that, you know, it seems like the stand-up fighters aren't doing so well. And I got curious about that. Um, and then I got on to Usenet, onto the uh, old news groups you know, before we had online forums or anything like that, let alone Facebook. And there were all these debates that sprung up about my style is better than yours. And I started out 100% in the traditional martial artist camp. You know, well, a true Aikido master would never debase themselves by entering such a competition, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, but over time, I noticed something really interesting. When people are having these debates about what works, what doesn't, what I consistently noticed, it was the BJJ guys that were saying, well, where are you? Let's get together. Let's find out. And not necessarily in an overly aggressive way, although there's always a little bit of that sometimes, but for a lot of them, it was just, uh, we can show you. I'm completely confident that I know how this will go. And over time, as I sat there by now, about, I think, a secondary black belt in Aikido, I was thinking, I'm not sure I've got that same level of, I definitely know how this is going to go confidence that these people seem to have. So I got really curious about that. And then uh, in 2001, uh, for the first time, New Zealand showed uh, MMA uh, on TV. Sky TV over here ran a weekend where they played back-to-back Pride and King of the Cage events, old ones. Um, I was on honeymoon that weekend. 
um, overseas. So I had my new brother-in-law set up in my living room with a VCR player swapping tapes over. And so when I got back, I just devoured it and um, and found a, a, a BJJ school, you know, within a month or two after that, which at the time was not easy in New Zealand because there really wasn't a lot going on. Um, certainly no black belts around. So um, it, was, it was early days for sure. <laughs> All right, awesome. Interesting journey. So so now you've, you've got the school and... I guess um let's let's backtrack a bit. So be, before I before I met you and sort of where where's the school where's the school up to at this point in time? Yeah, so um, we we gave ourselves a name in two thousand and six. You know, up until then it had been uh, uh, you know the standard thing. A bunch of people trained in my garage. Most of those um, my Aikido students who had said, "Hey, have a look at this," and then, "Hey, let's do more of this and come to the garage." because um, I was training them consecutively at the time. Uh, uh, that was something that we knew was my club, was what we called it, because we were supposed to talk about it outside of my club. Um, and then over time, that grew and grew and grew, and we, we started to get more and more professional. Um, my coach, John Will, runs a competition uh, every September called The Gathering. Uh, and the first time I went to that, uh, one of the things he had done for the school owners was get a bunch of Australian school owners together, I think it was about five of them, to give us some tips. Um, I remember, you know, Ferris Levy was there and, um, and a few other people. Uh, Frank was there. And so I came away with like 48 action items about how do we make this thing more professional. Um, and then over time we got more and more so. So by, by the time we hit kind of end of 2017, um, I'm running a school which is, is, is muddling along all right. You know, it's a, it's a part-time school. I'd kind of... Um, got to the point where I had realized that, look, I'm only part-time on this. It's never going to be a huge money spinner for me if I can, you know, break even and get a little bit of pocket money but keep the thing going. That's pretty cool. So 30 students on contract um, and then with various people coming through, you know, beginner's trials of various sorts that we had. Um, and I was probably content to leave it sitting there um, except for a conversation that I had with uh, a guy, Trent Rice, who um, some people know as Bear in the Jiu-Jitsu community. He was over from Australia to do some work um, for his day job. And he said, yeah, I want to come train. Can I, can I come along? I said, sure. Um, so we met each other on the ferry from town back to, to where I live. And we had a chat, and he was just in the process of looking at um, going full-time into martial arts. And he mentioned, um, you know, one of the online communities that he was involved with, which is, you know, where, where we hooked up. Um, and it started to occur to me that, hey, look, I don't have a full-time brain to put on this, but if I can start to connect with people that are thinking about this full-time and have figured out what works and what doesn't and just do what they say, maybe I can actually start to make some some gains I'd kind of, um, you know, put away on the shelf in terms of ambition for a little while. So I started to get quite excited at that idea. And, um, you know, over the last, you know, even just just last month or so since we've really started firing, it's, it's really started to get quite exciting. Fantastic. And, and full credit to the community, that's uh, Paul Valpin's martial arts business community. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I've seen various things like that throw up on my Facebook feed from time to time, and I was always a bit suspicious about, you know, there's a lot of people out there making money off telling people how to make money, but don't necessarily make money any <laughs> other way. So the fact that, um, that Trent knew Paul personally, and he logged in and he showed me some of the stuff that was going on, gave me a lot of comfort that, hey, this is going to be worthwhile. Um, and, you know, it's the investments I've made around things like um, that community, the website and, um, you know, the Martial Arts Media Academy, 
um, are paying themselves back very, very quickly and very, very easily. Cool. So, so let's so let's have a look. So we we um, we, we made some changes with. So first and foremost, got you set up with a with a new website. Um, I uh, I mean I'm a fan obviously of all the websites that we create, but I, I'm really a fan of the Ground Control website. Just how it came out in the end. I mean it took cool. a, it took a while for us to really fine tune and get through the obstacles, but it really it, it for for Jiu-Jitsu website it really it brings out a lot of color and. Um, I'm using it as, a, as an example with, within the BJJ community, um, you know, for websites that, that we are developing. So, so we got you set up with the right tools, and then you got started in the, the Martial Arts Media Academy. Um, so, I, before you got started, what what type of lead generation were you were you doing on the internet? Yeah, not not a lot to be honest. Most of our stuff came through word of mouth, or you know, maybe they'll find us in a Google search. Um, I had dabbled in Facebook, so I, you know, sort of done the odd promotion here and there. Start of the year, come in half price, or come in and your friend trains for free, or something like that. And they would bring in, you know, maybe four or five people, two of which might hang around, and you know, we thought that was a a pretty good job. Um, when I did those sort of promotions, I wasn't throwing too much spend at it, very conservative, because I wasn't, you know, kind of quite sure how much they'd pay off. Uh, so I dabbled, but it hadn't really amounted to too much. Okay, and then all right. So 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 you got started in the in the training. What so so what part has helped the most? And and then we'll talk about what you're doing right now. That's really that's really working as well. Yeah, I, I think in terms of what parts help the most. I mean, it's all helping, but I think just starting to feel like I can navigate my way through things. So when I've had a devil before, you know, you go into the ad manager on Facebook and there's all these different options, you know, what's the objective of your campaign, this, that, or the other. Uh, and so I was kind of like, well, click, 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 click. That'll do. <laughs> um, so to be able to kind of sit down and have you kind of working through some stuff live and go, oh, okay, uh, so I want interaction and I know the reasons why I want interaction now. And, you know, actually being able to figure out how those consoles work and why I would make certain decisions when, when we have those sorts of choices. Um, that was a huge help um, because it's the ability to kind of be walked through your first time is where you get your understanding from. People can throw theory at you all day, but when you actually start, you know, I literally had you on one screen while I had the thing on the other screen going, and now I'll click on that. Okay, now I'll click on that. Um, and so, and with the content creation as well in terms of, you know, here's how you design your ad and this is what the copy should look like and um, all of that stuff made me uh, – much more focused, I think, in what I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. There's, um, there's, there's, I guess there's a biggest, um, pain point for me, uh, or frustration. Uh, it makes me want to rant and I don't really rant, but, uh, it makes me want to rant is theory without substance. Um, yeah. there's a lot of, this is, you should do this, but there's not, here's how to do it. And a lot of the times the people that are talking the what are not actually doing the how. So, you you can you combine to a concept of coaching where uh, you can't actually be shown how to do it. You can just yeah. You you should get another guy to do it. Uh, us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and that's right. You know, and when I, mean, I think about it as you, as, you, as you talk just now, you know, it's exactly how we teach martial arts. I don't show a bunch of beginners a move and then say, "Good luck, go and try it out." Right? I show them the move and then I talk them through each individual step to make sure they're on the same path. So it kind of felt like that, that I was being given, hey, here's what you should do and why, but now here's the bit where I'm going to talk you through each step and I can 
you know, play along and before I know I've got an ad campaign running. That's it. And then, of course, it's, it's one thing to be walked through, but then that's where, and the same as in martial arts, you know, now you know how to do it, but now you apply it and it doesn't work the way you, uh, you actually experienced it. And that, that's, I guess, where the key part comes in. You know, what we really try and focus on in the academy is, all right, you've implemented, now let's, let's correct. Let's see if we can fine-tune. Let's see if we can fix things and get them, and get them working in the end. Yeah, that's right. And that's where I think the value of those are, because, you know, we've, we've got a lot of content about here's how to set up Facebook and here's how to develop content and AdWords and all these sorts of things. But the coaching calls are, are really, really valuable as well, because, you know, you can come along and go, well, this is what I'm doing right now. This is what's relevant for me and ask a few questions. And there's always really good content generated, whether it's from my own questions or other people's. Um, so I think those live coaching calls are really valuable and really valuable to get on live rather than just watching the recording sometimes as well, because you come up with questions that you wouldn't have asked, you know, other people don't necessarily ask. So, um, so that's really cool. So awesome. So, so what, um, you, you were having some good results with your, with your campaigns in the beginning of the year, where, where are you at with your, with your, campaign? yeah. So when I, when I first signed up to Paul Veldman's group, you know, the first, Thing I saw him say is you set some goals. I thought, well, yeah, I know about setting goals. I teach people about that, so I better do one. Uh, and so I mean, look, let's be, you know, what on paper sounds fairly ambitious, even though we're starting from a small base, let's look to double membership and let's look to do it relatively quickly. Um, so 30 people on contract, let's take that to 60. That, that would be good. Um, so once the website was up and I, um, and I did, started the Facebook campaign, I ran that campaign for about two weeks, no more than that. Um, and at last count, I think we've got 30, close to 35 paid trials. Um, so over the next two to three weeks, we'll start to see how many of those paid trials tip over into full membership. Uh, but certainly the feedback I'm getting from the people on the trial is that they're loving it. So we should convert a reasonable amount of those. So already from one two-week campaign, I'm going to, if not hit my goal, I'm going to be, you know, at least halfway towards it. Um, and in fact, you know, the only reason I've I've pulled back on on the campaign a little bit now is because we ran out of the free uniforms, got close to it. So I've got more on order when they had. We'll be back into it. So um, that goal, which I thought was, you know, these people are audacious and try and double, um, I have a suspicion we're going to hit that fairly quickly. That's awesome. So so you've gone from so you ha- you started off with thirty students, although you've got them in trial. So you've you've kind of doubled, but not obviously, you know, proofs down the line where where things are at. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, hey, yeah, I'm fairly confident because our our retention rate from trial into full membership tends to be pretty good. Um, having said that, I have redesigned how that whole thing works based on the advice I've got from you and Paul and and various people. Like this is the first time we've used paid trials. Um, which I think there's a lot of hesitation about for people that are used to going, hey, free week. Um, to go to paid trial, uh, certainly in New Zealand. I don't see a lot of that going on, um, but it's worked really, really well for us. Um, and so the fact they've got that skin in the game, and I know we can give them a really good experience over four weeks, um, it's going to be really interesting to kind of look back in you know, four weeks' time or so and go, okay, what was our conversion rate? Um, but I'm expecting it to be pretty solid. That's awesome. That's that's really good going. Well done. That's That's awesome. So... And, and I'm, I'm thinking now that the fact that you've run out of, um, uh, when you said you ran out of uh, out of uniforms, I'm like, all right, that's a, 
th- those create perfect conversations for your marketing campaigns as well. You know, sorry, yeah. you've, you've sold out. Um, here's a waiting list. Um, we'll let you know when the next batch comes in. And, and then that creates a whole new urgency campaign for your next follow-up because, yeah, people missed out. Now they've got to jump on board and they've only got, you know, they missed out the last time. They better, yeah, they better jump Actually, on. That, that's a really good point. Literally, just before we came on this, this call, I, I got a message pop up from, from cause we had like over 200 people um, message us with uh, an expression of interest. So I've got all of those leads that I still need to go back to and say, hey, are you still interested? Um, but one of them popped up and said, hey, is this thing still on? Um, so I was about to go back and say yes and just, I really hope you're not a size five. Um, but yeah, that's a really good point. We can go, well, actually we've sold out, but you know, in the next two weeks we might launch it again. So just look out. Yeah. Waitlist. Awesome. I like that. Nice. Good stuff. Okay. So, um, just, just a couple of things and, and just for, um, you know, as part of the case study, of course, of the, of the martial arts media academy program, um, who would you recommend it to and, and why? Well, pretty broad, you know, martial arts school owners that want to grow. Because I think there's a lot of people. Um, so my school, for example, we focus on adults. I know just a lot of the, the schools around have got a real kids focus. Um, and, but that hasn't made any difference to me in terms of the, the quality of the content. It's all completely applicable. Um, by the standards of some schools, we're relatively small. So I know a lot of people would look at um, the initial outlay and go, oh, there must be for really big professional schools. Um, that's not us, um, but in some ways I think it's even more useful for people our size because you know I don't have time to really think about the stuff and figure it out, so I was kind of groping in the dark a little bit. And in terms of you know what it costs to get on the program, you, you know you make that back with a couple of students pretty quickly. Um, so I'm really interested as I look around the New Zealand scene. Uh, there's not a lot of people taking. A sophisticated approach to this, um, and I look, when I look at the results that I've had, um, you know, part of that may be that my competitors just aren't doing it this way. So I think anyone that, that really wants to grow and, and stay up with the game or ahead of the game, uh, it, it's really worthwhile. You do have to put some time commitment into it. You know, the financial investment's probably the easier thing. Um, the, the time investment is the really important thing. Um, to really, there's so much great content in there that you're going to have to go through it a few times. You know, I've got notes scrawled everywhere and then go back to, to a recording as I'm doing a particular campaign. Um, so as long as people are free to put the, the time investment in, I, I struggle to think of a, of a school that wouldn't benefit from it unless the person themselves is already pretty sophisticated in not just marketing, but specifically online marketing. But I don't see a lot of that in martial arts. Yeah, thanks, Mike. And you bring up a good point on time because... Um you know, there's, there's, there's time, there's time spent and then there's time well spent. Um, you know, cause I mean, either way, you're going to have to spend the time. You're going to have to spend the time to do the marketing. And I mean, you can take an hour to do a okay or really mediocre job at your marketing, get frustrated, not know where to ask for help. Um, the, the the biggest danger of that is is reaching a level of frustration where you just this online stuff is crap or you know just I don't have time to deal with this I'm not going to do it and and you abandon the whole thing and your business suffers or what's what's worse is you, you know people get a call from a 
company and says, hey, we can get you on the first page of Google. And they got no sense of an actual overall strategy that you need for your school. And, mm. and, and again, it could be the easy way out because you can just pay money. But if they don't know the overall strategy, they just, you know, they're just having, they, they're just catering for one touch point, which is search, mm. the search mm. engines, where you've got you've to cover for all six to eight interactions that's going to happen before conversion. So you've got to be covering all the, all the steps. So if you get educated, get a bit of a strategy, it's easy to spend money on getting, you know, getting the hands to get people to do stuff as long as you actually know what to do and what to look out for at the end of the day. I, I, th- I think that's really right. I think if, if I had decided, look, I really want to put some focus into growing the school. I'm going to really spend some time over you know, January to do that, but I'm going to do it myself. You know, what probably would have happened is I'd have sat down with my partner, Carly, and we would have spent um, maybe even as much time, maybe even more time, but we would have spent it on completely the wrong stuff. You know, let's design this ads and let's get really pinnacky over how the image looks and really kind of, you know, tweak that to the nth of the degree. Um, when in actual fact, it was much better just to go, well, let's, let's just blast out five images, three for uh, BJJ, two for MMA, split test them, see what works, and after a couple of days, we know what the winner is. And as you had indicated, it's always the one that surprises you. You know, yeah. it's not the one I would have picked. Uh, so, you know, a lot of those sorts of things which would have sucked a lot of our time uh, trying to finesse stuff that could have been done a lot more simply, and then that time spent put back to more things. And what I like about the academy, as you, you just kind of alluded to, is the comprehensiveness of it. You know, what I'm excited about is we've got these results already just from one Facebook campaign. Now, we've got some professional uh, videos that have been done, which are, are going to land sometime this week. So I'm already excited about how we're going to introduce them, let alone through email campaigns and getting our content strategy and AdWords working properly. And, you know, we've got this much growth, but we've really just scratched the tip of the iceberg. That's exciting. Yeah, look, I, I look forward to seeing the videos and, and really uh, looking at a few things that we're trialing right now with all the all the new changes within Facebook and how to really get that get that message out. Awesome. Hey, hey, Mike, it's it's been great having you on. Is there anything I should have asked you that that I haven't that I haven't covered? Um, is there anything that you shouldn't have asked me? I know it's sort of that that uh, that that's that question that. People ask when they think they haven't asked enough questions. <laughs> I mean, the only thing I guess I'd add, thinking about um, the most recent campaign that we've done, and it comes back a little bit to the to the commitment thing, is uh, it's one thing to throw up an ad, uh, and I kind of came into both Paul's group and your group hoping for, you know, you tell me how to automate everything so I can just press go and walk away, and the, and the club will just go boom. Um, and of course, it doesn't work that way. So. Uh, you know, we, we aim for interaction, which meant that I was every day, once or twice a day, sometimes three times a day, having to log in and go, oh, look, there's another 30 responses here. I've got to go back and respond to each one. Now, the response was pretty easy. It was a cut and paste into a PM. Um, but just be really disciplined about that because it's one thing to put up a shop front and say, this is a really great shop. Come and look in the window. But if you're not providing something quality in terms of experience when they get there, then, it, then it's all for naught. So, you know, the Machado brothers had a had an expression in jiu-jitsu, swim, 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 die on the beach. You know, you don't want to have to do all do all that work and then just fall at the last hurdle through not, not doing your follow-through and your responsiveness um, and those sorts of things really well. Um, probably the one thing that 
I would have done differently if I went back. And even though I'd heard warnings about this from yourself and Paul, um, I don't think I had got my admin geared up well enough to handle the, the sudden influx of people. Um, so we've given them a pretty good experience signing them, but I'm, I'm, there's just a couple of things I've seen for a few of the cracks. Not everyone's got their membership card or they haven't all been given the beginner's manual for some reason. Um, so looking forward, next time I start trying campaigns, I'm really going to make sure that all that stuff's locked in and ready to go um, because it kind of caught me by surprise how many people signed up so quickly. Very good point on, on a few things. Um, the, the messaging, I see a lot of people want to automate too quickly. And, 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 and I hear, you know, I, I, I see in communities, you know, people get frustrated about the mundane responses that they've got to give, but there's a big lesson in those mundane responses. And yeah, look, sometimes people are just ignorant, but you, you always got to look at your, your marketing and your message and say, all right, why is, why is this coming up all the time? If, if everybody's asking what your location is, Hey, then just put at the end, conveniently located in suburb. Um, that might just cover it. So, so you gotta, you gotta, you gotta pay attention to what people are asking. And, and those are the objections that you can turn into better marketing the next time. So it's, it's all about learning. And I see people too quick to want to automate it. And I always say, you can't automate something that's not working manually. If you can't sell your membership face to face or in a text message, then no chatbot or anything's going to do that magically for you. Your conversion's going to go down. So master that first, and then you can go and, and add all the automation. But you've got to get the conversion right first. And I mean, if the when the offer converts, everything else works. You know, you can go and you can go tweak everything else. But getting that offer to convert first, that's that's the real art and that's the real work. And if you can focus just on that, then you can get fancy and then you can start taking your, your campaigns to a higher level if that's really what you want to do and really scale it up for the next school or opening multiple schools and, and so forth. Absolutely. Awesome. Hey, Mike, it's been great chatting to you. Um, so people can find out more about you at groundcontrol.net.nz. And anywhere else people can find more info about you? Uh, there's a little bit about my corporate stuff on my other website, which is kineticpotential.co.nz. So the stuff about the individual coaching and the corporate work I do there uh, is on there. Um, so, yeah, those are the two places to find me. Awesome. I think we, we could probably do a round two and go really, really deep into some psychology stuff and things that you do in your, in your day job and how that connects with your, with your martial arts. And then if you are interested in the Martial Arts Media Academy, where you watch this, you can just send us a message or you can go to martialartsmedia.academy and um, find out more about that. Mike, great speaking to you face-to-face for the first time. And uh, I will see you in Auckland this year. Looking forward to it. Thanks, George. Awesome. Thanks, Mike. We'll conclude this evening's entertainment. Thanks for listening. If you need help building your martial arts school, check out martialartsmedia.com.